What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Fresh and Co's VP of Marketing, Sandra Pope. Uh, it's a cool conversation, just about you know how the food space is evolving and, and what restaurants can do, especially in the fast casual space, to make their customers feel more comfortable when they come into restaurants. Communicating that, how they've gone about it, I, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation and really diving into kind of Sandra's experience and everything that Fresh and Co is doing. So I think you'll enjoy that too. But before we get into it, look, we put this on. We're a marketing agency based out of LA, Cave Social. We're here to help companies grow. We're a social first agency. So head over to cavesocial.com. Hit that contact us. Reach out. If you're feeling like your brand could use some help when it comes to social media content, we'd love to do that. Yeah. Other than that, let's sit back and enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, we are welcoming Sandra Pope, the VP of Marketing at Fresh & Co. Sandra, how you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I am well. I'm excited. I'm happy to get on and talk about all things Fresh & Co. <laughs> uh, the food looks delicious. But before we do that, I want to pass the mic to you. Tell me, how did you get into marketing and then make your way to Fresh & Co.? Sure. So I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh, and I always knew that I wanted to move to New York. So that was the first thing that I did right after I graduated, came out to New York City, and I would majored in finance, realized I hated it and wanted to get into marketing. It's something that I'd always loved. I loved getting to know people and their needs and, you know, really follow a lot of different brands and products. So I was like, all right, let's get into advertising. But I had no experience, so no one wanted to hire me. But then I ultimately found KBS, which is an agency um, that was based down in Soho. And I started there. They had a lot of great clients. They had, you know, Snapple, BMW, Vanguard, really great client portfolio. Started there and just worked my way up in the agency and really fell in love with advertising and marketing. I got to work on a lot of cool brands. BMW was one of my biggest clients. And as I continued to grow in that space, I realized, you know, how much I loved it, but also how disconnected I was from the brand because I wasn't representing the brand myself. Um, I was just a step removed. And so from there, I decided, you know what, I really want to go to the brand side. And I've always loved food. I grew up in a Lebanese family. You know, we wake up, trying to figure out what we want to eat for dinner first thing in the morning. So food has always been a big part of my life. So I looked at a lot of different brands in the food space and ultimately ended up at Chipotle on their marketing team. And so that's how I started my career in the fast casual industry. And I was with Chipotle pre-coli and post-coli. And then I transitioned to another group called Honey Grow. And then ultimately where I ended up is now at Fresh & Co. And I've been here three years. I was here pre-COVID and post-COVID. So definitely have had experienced the highs and the lows in the restaurant industry over the last few years. And let's just break that back for those who don't know. The pre-coli and post-coli at COVID, we're talking <laughs> about the... For those of you international listeners... Actually, I'll let you explain it. What happened at Chipotle? It was big news. I remember it. Yeah. So there was a food safety issue at a few of our restaurants that ultimately got a lot of people sick. And so that, you know, Chipotle is a beloved brand. It still is. But that really impacted our business in a multitude of ways. But at that point, it really made us 
become operationally stronger. You know, the food industry, food is very sensitive to temperature, to light, to hold times. So it's really easy, especially when you have really fresh ingredients. It's easy to get someone sick if you're not being careful or following the correct protocol. So ultimately, that's what happened at Chipotle. But they've recovered um, since then. And that's, I mean, food safety is really, really important, especially to me in the restaurant industry and for all of us at Fresh & Co. And, and that's why I wanted to bring that up because that whole situation I'd love to know like what learnings you took from a crisis communication standpoint. Mm -hmm. Also, hey, we need to educate the consumer on, look, we're taking these safety measures, one, two, three. You probably Mm -hmm. didn't, nobody could have presumed it or known at the time, but that like, okay, COVID hits and it's the same, but different. Now it's every Mm -hmm. restaurant is, hey, I don't want to touch the counter at the restaurant. Hey, Mm -hmm. so did anything translate from that where you're like, okay, like I've been through this before, like in a different set, like here's what we're going to do. Yep. And ultimately, you know, so for food safety, it's keeping our guests safe, you know, through our food. And now we have this whole other element where the entire environment, we need to keep them safe from the second they walk in the doors. So for us, it was twofold. I mean, we've always been really operationally strong when it comes to our food. We have really tight protocols, but now we had to take a look at our restaurants and say, okay, from the outside, What are the things we need to put in place? Where are the tables going to be moved? The sneeze guards. What, you know, do our employees have to be wearing now? Hand sanitizer everywhere. You know, cleaning protocols. We've always been clean, but now we're cleaning around the clock every 15 minutes um, to make sure everything's sanitized. So it took it to a whole nother level. But our biggest priority always is to keep our guests and our employees safe. And so whatever it takes However much money it takes for us to do that, that's what we're going to do. And then doing that, now, was there anything that you all did from the communication standpoint, like email blasts or signage or Mm -hmm. it kind of just like, okay, it's happening, but letting customers really know like, hey, this is taking place. Like we're clean. Yeah, everything from the signage to our email blast, making sure that everyone knew the different protocols. Things are individually packaged. Things have uh, tamper sealed tape on them. We have the sneeze guards in place. We have contactless delivery. We have hand sanitizer. We even started selling hand sanitizer because people couldn't find it. We gave out masks. Like anything we could do to communicate the safety protocols we were putting in place, we did because we didn't want people to feel, people already felt uncomfortable. People already felt unsafe. So whatever we could do to alleviate those concerns, we did. And we communicated it to the nth degree because it was everywhere. And also the future of our business depended on it. Yeah. And it's interesting when you think about like eating is such a experience, right? And it's something that I think everybody enjoys and it should be mm-hmm. comfortable. So to mm-hmm. over communicate, put the stuff there to say, hey, look, like we're doing our best to make you comfortable because we don't want you coming in here, you know, in April of 2020 where everyone is freaking out and like on edge wondering who touched my container, like just to be able to cut (laughs) through that and say, look, here's the precautions we're taking Mm -hmm, to make mm -hmm. the food memorable and and not stressful to go get and not start like, and that's any restaurant listening. I mean, had to, had to go through that. It's interesting because we'll see what sticks around moving forward, but. Right. It's a interesting time right now because the restaurant industry is making a comeback and there's a lot of players that have left permanently. So now it's, going to be, you know, interesting to see who sticks around and what they do with the opportunity, especially since there's, you know, more market share to be taken with the exodus of, you know, a lot of different restaurant brands. And um, it's exciting. We're excited. You know, we're doing a lot of fun things over here at Fresh & Co. So yeah, but it's coming back. The restaurant industry is coming back and it's great to see. And part of that comeback, 
and something that's fueling it, and we talked a little bit about before we hit record, is this idea of culinary innovation, right? So I want to pass the mic to you. Say, okay, what is culinary innovation, and how is Fresh & Co. doing that? Right. So for us, culinary innovation is looking at the trends and what people are interested in and finding different ingredients. You know, we were the first restaurant group to have quinoa in our restaurants before people could even pronounce it. Like we got every variation of quinoa in our restaurants. Um, You know, we had cauliflower rice for the first time. Our executive team and our culinary team really in tune with ingredients and how can we use them in different ways that you know, is innovative and exciting. You know, no one just wants brown rice anymore. So we take it to the next level. And we're lucky in the sense that we're willing to take risks. The, you know, our executive team trusts the marketing team. So when we have these ideas, they're like, all right, let's do it. For example, we had a 420 menu two years ago in 2019, where we did a CBD infused menu with a chef who's known in the CBD world. He has an underground cannabis dinner club. And, um, it was a hit. Let me tell you, it was right before, you know, CBD was banned in the city, but a lot of people were into it. It, it was becoming more well known. So we took it, we made a really cool video out of it with, you know, people blowing smoke and had a lot of fun with it. It was a blaze beet sandwich and the half baked salad. And um, <laughs> we did a Times Square media buy. And honestly, it was so much fun. And that's the type of stuff we want to do. And you have to do because people see a salad and they think it's the same. And you have to differentiate yourself, especially in an industry that's so competitive and so saturated. So, you know, the 420 menu was one of them. We have Impossible, we have Beyond, a lot of vegan menu items. And we're constantly looking and experimenting with different products that we can bring in and give to our guests to keep things interesting. Now, when we look at Fresh & Co, and Fresh & Co is franchise model, correct? Right. Yes. So one thing that really interests me about franchises is you have these owner operators, right? So how much, mm-hmm. I guess, how much time and effort goes into training the owner operators that maybe come from all walks of life? They might be just like restaurant right. operators, not marketers. Mm-hmm. How much goes into training them on like the marketing and messaging and customer experience side of things versus like the leeway that you, you give? It's okay, hey, you want to run this little event in your store, go bananas, that's your territory. Like, is right. that a fine line? How do you all weigh that? Right. So we have our franchisees come from, like you said, different walks of life. Some, you know, have been operators, some want to own the restaurants and be in the restaurant space, but want to hire someone to run their restaurants. And for us, you know, we have pretty strict guidelines and protocols and training materials. So they are, you know, we hold their hand from the second they sign their, you know, FDD to the Till you know, forever after that, to be honest with you. And in terms of marketing, that's where my team comes into play. We support them from the day they decide they want to open this location and here's the lease. And, you know, we help them throughout the process. My team is ultimately there for our franchisees. And so how it works in terms of how they want to budget their marketing and what they want to do, 1% of their budget goes to national marketing, which my team oversees another percent goes to brand marketing, and then another percent is local. And local is really important because every community is different. So if my franchisee is really into his kids, you know, high school soccer and wants to sponsor it and put, you know, that percentage towards local marketing, that's up to him. And that's okay. When it comes to our brand guidelines, we have both national standards, and then also local standards. And they have the marketing collateral and assets available to them through a portal where they can utilize them. And that helps us ensure consistency and maintain the Fresh & Co brand image. 
I love that blend, right? Like you said, consistency, but still allowing these owner operators who are in communities to say, hey, I want to sponsor the local baseball team, mm-hmm. you know, and and, yeah. and to have that freedom where they feel like, okay, I can make a difference and I can actually get some local mm-hmm. exposure, some relationship based exposure that comes back to the brand. So that's super cool. Now, moving forward, right, as we look forward and uh, to a post COVID world, what does marketing look like at Fresh and Co? Is there big stuff that we can expect? Maybe that you can't divulge or you can't divulge? Like where, <laughs> where, where are you all at? Yeah. So we took the time. Digital was huge for us during COVID. You know, people were not leaving their houses, so we had to come to them. And that was a really big opportunity for us to look at our digital platforms from every which way that touched the customer experience and optimize it. So we completely redid our Fresh and Co app. We updated our website, we created a new nutritional platform, and we integrated a new POS system, which a lot of people know that's really tough to do because there's not a one size fits all situation. But we knew that all of these things would better the digital experience for our guests. And that's where we're really driving everyone to because we can serve a lot more people, we can serve them faster, it's easier for them, you know, I can order my breakfast in two clicks, and it's ready for me. When I go and pick it up, I don't have to wait in line. So for us, it's continually innovating and pushing the digital experience because our in-store experience is great and we know how to run that and it's it's really efficient. But now we really want to drive people as much as possible towards digital because we can serve a lot more consumers. And there are still a lot of people that aren't going back to the office. They are working from home. So we have to go to them. So you'll see a lot more digital activations coming from us this year and beyond, as well as some really fun, uh, innovative menu items that I can't share just yet, but things that you don't see at any of our competitors. I love it. It's uh, I think it's a shift in thinking too, right? From like, okay, We used to think about the experience from when someone entered the store to when they left. Now Mm -hmm. it's shifting our experience to when is our customer hungry and they open Mm -hmm. their phone from this, like from till they're hungry until they're full. What is that experience like? Like, okay, they're going to like, how long do we need to prep the food where they come and they get it and it hasn't been sitting there? Like, what are the windows? Mm -hmm. How can they just come in in contactless? Like all of those variables now, I think it's because brands and I think food brands are leaving are leading the way are understanding like what's this like door to door experience like for the consumer opposed mm-hmm. to just inside the restaurant outside of the restaurant, which maybe that's how it was baked, you know, in the past. The other thing too to think about is, you know, before COVID, it was always you always focus on the customer right in front of you and delivery you know, kind of came secondary, you know, you just waited for those orders to come in, you fulfill them. And it was, you know, plug and play. But now it's more even, you know, we are putting just as much focus, if not more on our digital orders coming through, because again, we don't have that customer right in front of us to say, Oh, no, you know, put a little bit less of that or put a little more of this. We have to make sure that those experiences, those digital experiences are on point, because all it takes is one time for it not to be on point for us to lose that guest. So it's becoming so much more important and we're really putting a big focus on it i love it i i I think it's awesome i'm excited to see what you all come up with and once where i'm able to get out to new york i'm excited to try (laughs) the food we'd love to have uh, you for anyone who's listening and wants to learn more about fresh and co where should they go to check you guys out yeah so first download our app it's on the apple and google stores and then you can also go to our website www.freshandco.com if you're interested in franchising you can also learn more about that and what it entails we're rapidly you know expanding shameless plug gonna put it out there (laughs) Um, but that's where you can find out more about us 
I love it. I love it. Uh, Sandra, thank you so much for coming on today. I'll put a link to Fresh and Cody thank apps you for having me. Uh, on the great. show notes page. Yeah, this is fantastic. And uh, I look forward thank to you. watching you all grow. Thanks again. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time.